Yay, it's 8 p.m. Uh, welcome, uh, welcome everyone. It, it is 8, right? Yeah, yeah, 8, yeah. 8 p.m. Eastern. Okay, <laughs> you look at me. Okay, so welcome everyone uh, to Drisha's full program. We're so happy to uh, have you with us. Uh, this uh, uh, session is on Prosbol et Almud with Rabbanit Lasarna. Uh, Rabbanit Lasarna is the Associate Director of Education and Director of High School Programs at Drisha. She previously served as Director of Religious Engagement at Anshay Shalom Bnei Israel Congregation in Chicago and um, a leading urban uh, Orthodox congregation. Uh, we encourage everyone who's here on Zoom with us uh, to turn on your video if you're able. Uh, it's really nice to feel like we are uh, together just like uh, before the pandemic in a normal classroom. So really, if you're uh, here with us, it would be really nice if you um, join as a panelist and turn on your video so we can see you. Um, uh, if you're here with us on Zoom, uh, feel free to uh, ask questions by writing them as a comment uh, in the chat box here on Zoom. Uh, you can also uh, write comments on Facebook if you are watching us live uh, there. Uh, I, I'll be uh, looking at them once in a while just to see if there's any questions and comments for Rabbanit Sarna. Um, I also wanted to um, mention to everyone real quick that on uh, Sunday, November 21st, uh, at 7 p.m. Eastern, uh, we have the Renee and Alexander Bohm Memorial Lecture. Uh, does Jewish law recognize righteousness? And I really hope to uh, see you there again. It is uh, Sunday, November 21st at uh, 7 p.m. Eastern. Uh, that would be lovely if you can join us. And with that, I'll um, turn it uh, to Ravanit uh, Sarna. Thank you, Evie. Uh, hi, everyone. So as Evie mentioned, it'd be so great if people could join as panelists, turn on their video. It's so good to see people's faces. Um, and for those of you who were um, with us last time, oh, Evie, maybe while I'm talking, you'll throw the, um, the source sheet into the chat. That would be great. Um, hi, dear. Good to see you again. Um, okay. So um, this week is kind of a continuation of last week, meaning like we just had to stop somewhere. So we stopped somewhere. But if you were to look at the source material for this week on its own, you would say, hold on, I thought this was a shear about Prisbol. This just seems like a Shemitah shear. Um, like today we're going to be talking where the Gemara goes next from, um, from the obligation of in Kofin Prisbol Ella Al Hakarka, meaning that you can only write um, a Prisbol on a loan that has some like property involved in the loan. And now we move from there to conversations about. Um, whether Shemitah works in general for certain kinds of loans that involve land or not. Um, so we're going to see the main debate we're going to see today is a debate between Rav and Shmuel on the one hand and Rabbi Yochanan and Rish Lakish on the other. So it's confusing because normally Rav and Shmuel are arguing against each other and Rabbi Yochanan and Rish Lakish are arguing against each other. Um, but here they're actually in camps. Um, and then we're going to, um, so we're going to see a debate between them about a specific type of loan, which is a loan. So let's say Evie borrowed, we're back to Evie, Kayla, <laughs> Kayla's gone. So we're, we're switching Evie back in. Evie borrowed a million dollars from me. And in the star, in the, in the receipt document that I have for the loan, Evie says, as 
um, like as like achrayut is the is the halachic language for it. So as um, responsibility maybe would be like a not technical um, way to say it. And the technical language for it in English is, I believe, a lean. So I, I think I pronounced that right, L-I-E-N, um, a lean. So there would be a lien on Evie's property because of this loan. So Evie, so Evie would borrow a million dollars from me and she would say, I'm going to pay this back to you in five years or whatever. I'm going to pay this back to you over time. And if I don't, then you can collect from my property. And maybe she'll specify property, which property, maybe she'll say all my property. Um, well, we'll see that actually discussed. But the question is, it's a question that we started to think about last week. So we're really continuing on it. Um, the question is, once Evie has said to me, you can collect from my property, is it as if I've already collected from her property and therefore Shemitah doesn't affect the loan, like the loan still stands? Or is it just a loan and this is a collateral, but the collateral doesn't, uh, and this, or sorry, not collateral. We're going to get to collateral in the second half of this year. This is just a loan. It's how the loan is written, but the loan still, um, like this is a normal loan and it's the normal type of loan that Shemitah would apply to. But an interesting piece of it is that obviously last week we raised up all these reasons why the minute there's like a piece of property involved in the loan that might like that might symbolize like me having already collected it and that's why a principal would work on it. And now we're kind of raising this big question of like, well, once there's property involved, maybe you don't even need a principal because maybe Shemitah doesn't, um, maybe Shemitah doesn't release that kind of loan anyways. So this is going to be, right, so where we're turning now in the context of in Kutvin principal Ella al-Hakarka we're now turning to a question of, hold on, once there's karka involved, do you even need a principal? That's really the implied question here. It's not ever going to be stated outright, but I think the Gemara assumes that you didn't like spend a week in between the last year and this year. Um, and so the Gemara just has it going straight, right? And whenever the Gemara seems like it's changing topics, um, as a reader of the Gemara, you're always supposed to ask yourself, is this truly a change in topic or is this the same topic from a different perspective? And I think that the latter is my argument of what we're doing today. Um, though, of course, um, as you look at it, you will um, definitely tell me what you think. But before we get into that, we're going to look at, there's two Mishnayot from Masachet Shavi'it that um, kind of lie at the heart of where we're going today. Um, and they're like really interesting. So I thought we would just look at those together first. I made, I, I have to apologize to all of you. I made like a very rookie mistake and did not number my sources. I didn't even number the pages. So you're gonna have to follow along. I'll tell you what we're looking at and um, and I'll tell you what page it's on because you have a PDF. So the PDF has set pages. <laughs> um, and uh, I, I'll just say it a few times to make sure everyone can like find. But for now we're starting at the top. So that's very easy. So we're on page one. The first source on the page, um, but I do apologize. I really, really try not to do that in general. Okay, so we are in Mishnah Shvi'i 10.1. Here we go. 
שבי משמטת את המלווה בשטר ושלו בשטר. סבבטיקל יור קאנסל זה דאט, ווודר דרס דוקימנט ראין פור לדאט, ווודר אי אי הולדינג אין מי הנד הרסיט אוף אי ויז לון, אור ווודר אי נאט הולדינג אין מי הנד הרסיט אוף אי ויז לון. אוקיי, אין און דאט, נאו בומפ דאון טו לברטנורה, הוא גונה לייק, who's who, the Martin Nura knows our Gemara. So he's just like thinking about it already. Um, so he says, uh, Bishtar, this is source two. Um, okay, Bishtar, Shekatav lo shtar ba'achrayut nechassim, v'shiabed karkaot al ha'milva. So what does it mean with, what the Martin Nura says, what does it mean for there to be a document? That Evie wrote me a document and there's, um, and the document outlines that Um, there's property pledged on the loan. So against the a million dollar loan that I gave to Evie, Evie has pledged me property. And here's the point. It looks as if I'm like holding the land as collateral. And once I'm holding the land as collateral, meaning once it's at flea, once the land is like in my hands, then the, then the loan is essentially repaid, right? But Avo Bihain says, the Bartonura says, the Mishnah, Shvi'i Mishamtel. Nevertheless, the seventh year cancels the loan. But do you guys see, like, you have to, in a certain sense to get into it, you have to almost like forget all the stuff we talked about last week in order to like, see where he's coming from, um, right? But there's this like big question of like, well, once there's, um, once, once Evie has pledged property to me, then like, great, I collected my loan back. Now I collected the loan back in the form of property, but property is in a certain way better than money. So I'll take it. Um, and that's great. Okay. So that's where, that's kind of the, our starting point. Okay. Back to the Mishnah, just because the Mishnah is so great. And like, talking about Shemitah, and I just want you to see it. Okay, so, so hakafar hachanut, so this is like, in Israel, this is really common. I don't think this really happens in America anymore, but if you had like, um, oh, maybe at a bar, you could have it, like, put it on my tab, um, you know, like that kind of thing. Like, uh, if you have like a local bar, maybe you would have like a tab there, and then you could um, maybe like pay it once a week, or pay it once a month, or however that works. So that's what we're talking about here, hakafar hachanut, The Mishnah says, Eno that's not a formal loan. That's just like you have a tab at the store. Um, so the Shemitah does not release you of your obligations to the store. But, Im asa But if you turned it into a loan, meaning if I said, to the, the, let's say I pay it monthly, and then Noah owns a store and I buy my groceries there and I pay Noah, um, I pay Noah at the end of the month. And at the end of the month, I said, no, I can't. I can't make it this month. Can I, can I pay you back later? Um, so thank you, Noah, that's so nice of you to nod yes. Um, but now it's a loan. And so now actually Noah could lose during the Shemitah year or Noah would need a right, right approval maybe in the Shemitah year because uh, Shemitah now would apply to that. Um, and Rabbi Yehuda says, it's a little confusing what Rabbi Yehuda means here, but he says, Harishon, Harishon, Mishami. So Rabbi Yehuda says the former debt is always canceled. So what does that mean? Let's say I didn't pay Noah for September or for October. Um, no, 
let's make it simpler for the first example. I didn't pay no, I couldn't pay no for September and now it's October. So, so the question is, does Shemitah release both the September and the October loans? So Rabbi Yehuda would say, Shemitah for sure releases the September loans. Um, and now the question is the October one. So he says only like the last amount that I owe is, is the part that Shemitah doesn't release. And otherwise, um, I continue to owe kind of the full amount. Um, uh, otherwise, yeah, no, sorry. The, only the last piece of the load is what um, Shemitah doesn't release. And otherwise, Shemitah releases all of it. And Noah's like kind loan to me would only be protected if, if Noah wrote a principle. Okay, um, continuing that same vein. And these are all things that it's like, oh, like are they loans or are they just like delayed payment? That's really what this Mishnah is all about. It's like on that ambiguous line between loan and delayed payment. Um, so Sahar Sahir, you know, Mishamit. So if um, a, a, a wage owed to a worker is not canceled, but But if it had been turned into a loan, then it then it is canceled by Shvita. So let's say I need another person. Let's say Tracy um, worked for me and I couldn't pay her. So Tracy said, okay, um, let's turn it into a loan. Um, then Shmita would apply to it. But if Tracy said, pay me, pay me as soon as you can that we, then Tracy never formally kind of turned it into a loan. It's still just delayed payment. And so then I would still owe Tracy the delayed payment. Um, so it's only when, when, when it kind of gets turned into a milva that, it, that Shemitah starts to apply to it. Um, and Rabbi Yossi says, mm-hmm. So Rabbi Yossi says, this is a pretty interesting opinion. He says, any labor that... Um, that is not done during Shvi'it. So let's say, um, let's say Adira's job is that she picks pears in my, well, pears are complicated. Let's say Adira's job is that she plants seeds in my field, right? For sure you can't do that during Shvi'it though. Uh, just go something simple. Adira plants the seeds in my field. For sure Adira is not doing that for me during Shvi'it. So Rabbi Yossi's opinion is that any money that I owe Adira, because Adira is not still in my employ during this year, any money that I owe her has like by default turned into a loan because Adira is no longer in my employ. Um, so that has by default turned into a loan and Shmita actually cancels the debt that I owe Adira, which is really kind of messed up because now Adira is both out of a job and out of her back pay that I owe her. So that really stinks. Adira, you really want to collect or write a principle in that situation, just to be super clear. Um, and that's, again, like that's another situation where you're really seeing a principle come through for someone who was about to be done like a really, a serious harm. And by the way, like the fact that I didn't pay Adira immediately for the work that she did for me is usser, meaning like you have to pay your workers immediately. Um, so it's, it, it, would, it would just be to reinforce a wrong that I did um, vis-a-vis Adira in the first place. Okay. Um, but then Rabbi Yossi rounds out his opinion. If it's work, so if, if the work that I, that Tracy does for me is ongoing, then maybe I, then maybe, um, that's just considered like delayed wages. 
Um, right. So Ozzy says, right. It's not us or for me if there's an agreement that I'm not going to pay her immediately. And Ozzy, I think what Rabbi Yossi is getting at is like the minute we have that agreement, what this Mishnah is all about and why it's so fascinating is like, does that agreement automatically change it from back wages to, um, to a loan once we've made that agreement? Um, and I think that's really where we're getting at with this is like, how long between when that money was owed and when I pay, does it really shift in nature from wages to a loan? Um, which I think we don't often like put language on, uh, but, but I think, I think that it's, a, it's a really important question when it comes to Shemitah. Um, and Shemitah Ksafim specifically. Okay, um, so then the next Mishnah in Shvit, so now we're Kilo source three, the third, the third source down the page, Shvit 10-2. Um, so this is a really funny case. So the Shemitah year ends on Rosh Hashanah, but in the times of the Mishnah, Rosh Hashanah would, now Rosh Hashanah is always Aleph and Bet Tishrei, the first and second days of Tishrei. But once upon a time, Rosh Hashanah could sometimes have been the 30th day of Elul and the first day of Tishrei, depending on when the moon was spotted. Um, so that's, that's an important piece of information that you could have what would be called like an Elul Me'ubar, like a 30-day Elul, a pregnant Elul. Um, in, um, in Mishnahic times, that was a possibility. Okay, so it's the end of the Shemitah year and you shechted a cow and divided up on Rosh Hashanah at the end of the Shemitah year. And so if um, I've used all my people, Ozzy, I haven't used you yet. Ozzy, Ozzy it's Ozzy's cow and we all took pieces of it to eat for Yantif. Thank you, delicious. But now we all owe Ozzy money, right? Well, so the question is, right? So Ozzy is our hashokhidat aparabich gabar so if that day of Rosh Hashanah is the 30th day of Elul of a Shemitah year, then then Ozzy loaned me a cow leg, but I no longer have to repay him because tomorrow the Shemitah year ends and my loan is forgiven automatically. My loan is Mishami automatically. Um, but but if today the first day of Rosh Hashanah was actually Aleph Tishrei, then then nothing ever happened on Shemitah, and um, and of course I owe Ozzy for the cow leg that I ate first day of Rosh Hashanah. Fascinating case, uh, but also like so so real potentially. Like I, I love the idea of like yeah like. Great, we're like the half the neighborhood's gonna eat this cow on Rosh Hashanah, and like none we're gonna pay you for it. Like I don't know, there's something that's just like very, very honest about that. Okay, um, people who are who are owed fines by an act of the Beitin. So ha'ones um, ha'mefata So someone who um, owes a fine for a rape or a seduction or a defamation or komas Beitin, any kind of fine that was brought about. Um, by obligation of the Beitin in Mishamtin. So any fine brought about by the Beitin, Shemitah does not Mishamit. Amalva um, al-Hamashkun, so if uh, we're back to Evie's loan, um, we're back to Evie's loan, and Evie um, took out a loan for a million dollars and gave me a um, million dollars worth of diamonds, so not a piece of land, 
diamonds, right? Metatalin, um, a collateral, or so in that case, or the case of or if I took my, um, my document of the debt and handed it to the Beitin, in both those cases, in both of those cases, um, the debts are not remitted. Um, and we're going to talk about that case of Evie and her diamonds. That's going to be the very last case in our Gemara today. Um, okay. All right. So those were just like two super interesting Mishnayot. Very glad that we got a chance to look at them together. Let us now turn to the Gemara. So if you are in the book, we are, you'll see a Tosu that starts Shani. That's basically the line where we're at. Um, we're starting at the beginning of the line where it says Tznan Hatam. You can also follow along in the sheets. This would be source number four. Sorry again. Um, and it would be um, at the bottom of the first page. Okay, so Tznan Hatam, we're going to quote the Mishnayot that for some odd reason we just learned together. Um, crazy how that works out. Um, okay, so Tznan Hatam, Hashvi'it Meshamadat, and Hamalva, and Milva, Bain Mishtar, Bain Shalobishtar. So that um, the Shemitah year, um, Shemitahs, the Shemitah year um, um, cancels a, the debt, whether there's a document or not a document. Okay, so here's opinion number one about what that Mishnah means, and this is the opinion of Rav and Shmuel together. And again, this is confusing for people. We're used to having Rav and Shmuel argue, but here they are agreeing with each other. Okay. Rav and Shmuel, the Amrei Travaihu, Bishtar, what does the Mishnah mean when it's, so Rav and Shmuel, they say together, Bishtar, what, what does the Mishnah mean when it says with a star? Shtar sheyeshbo acharyut nechassim. So that is a star that, um, that contains like um, a leaned property. So that's, again, that's the case where Evie, um, where Evie's loan Come, the document for Evie's loan says Leah can collect from Evie's property if Evie doesn't repay the loan. Shalom a star, when the Mishnah says not with a star, that's a star. That's, that doesn't actually say, Rabbi Shmuel, that doesn't actually mean there's no document. Who would ever make a loan without a document? You'd have to be an idiot, right? So um, that doesn't mean there's no document. That means there's a document but the document doesn't specify that I can collect from Evie's property, okay? So they interpret bishtar means star that has a charyut nechassim, lo bishtar in bo charyut And they say, kol shakein malvel And obviously how much more so someone who, um, who loaned um, by word of mouth or something like that. Um, okay, so, uh, I'm just trying to decide when I want to look at these Rashi's. Um, oh, I see. Uh, not yet. Okay, fine. Okay, so that's the opinion of Rav and Shmuel. They say, if the document includes land, Shemitah still can, um, can annul the loan, unless, obviously, unless there's close balls. Okay, but Rabbi Yochanan and Rabbi Shimon ben Lakish say differently. So they say, Damri Travayu, the star. So what does the Mishnah mean when it says a star? That means a star she'inbo acharyut nechassim. That means a star that does not have um, a land, like a, a land lien involved in it. 
Shalomishtar and without a star, that's Malvalpad. That's what Shalomishtar means, right? That means someone who owned by just with words, without a without a receipt, without a document. Aval says uh star but a receipt that has a chasim that involves um, me being able to go and collect from Evie's land, ino meshami. So Rav and Shmuel say, land, if, if, if there's land involved in the star, if I can go collect off of Evie's land, Shemitah does not, work, does not apply to that kind of loan. Okay, so now I want us to look at the Rashi, ino meshamit. So if you are in the sheets, then you are going to go to page three and it's underlined in the Rashi there, okay? And if you're on the page, then we're in the Rashi that starts Eno Mishamit. Um, okay, so Eno Mishamit, why do, right, how do we make sense of Rav and Shmuel's opinion? I, sorry, of Rabbi Yochanan and Rachel Akish's opinion, right? So on the one hand, um, it seems like if the Torah says, okay, Adira, hold your question for a second. Um, if the Torah says Shemitah, like Shemitah annuls all loans, asterisk maybe, except those with the principal, uh, but Shemitah annuls all loans, then like, why would the most standard kind of loan not be included? That just seems crazy, right? So that's, that's the opinion of Rav and Shmuel. So what, how do we justify, how do we make sense out of the opinion of Rabbi Yochanan and Rish Lakish. So that's here's the Rashi, Eno Meshamit, the Kigavoi Dami, right? It's as if I basically already collected off of Evie's property, the Kamosha, Karko, Bechazka, Hamal Vahan, the Gibriot Mamesh, the Ain Khan It's as if the property already belongs to me, the lender. It's as if I've already collected it. And therefore, there's no standing debt to be repaid. So the minute that the, that the loan is made with a lien onto Evie's land, that lien is basically me already collecting from Evie's land, right? Because there's all sorts of limitations. If there's a lien on Evie's land, there's all sorts of limitations actually onto what Evie can do with that land going forward. Um, Right, because if I'm supposed to collect a debt off of Evie's land, like Evie can't so easily just like sell the land. And, and think about that, that's quite familiar, right? Like if you have a mortgage on your home, you can't just like sell your home to someone else and leave the bank in the lurch. Like when, if you have a mortgage on your home and you sell your home, your bank is basically in the sale with you and they take a big hunk out of that ultimate repayment. And that's how it works to sell a home that's mortgaged, right? So that's basically what happened here. Um, Right, like yeah, I'm basically the bank in this scenario. Um, Evie wanted to buy a home. She took out a big loan from me, and I said, and in exchange, if she doesn't repay me, I'm gonna go collect on her home. Right, that's like a very it's the most normal kind of loan. That's I mean, and the I mean whatever. And and I'm not unlike a normal bank. I'm not uh, collecting interest because uh, I'm Jewish and she's Jewish. Uh, but still, right? So. So on the one hand, um, we have the opinion of, just to review, we have the opinion of Rav and Shmuel who say, yeah, that is the most normal kind of loan when the Torah talks about, shvi, about Shemitah, I mean, Shemitah Ksafim, 
and loans being remitted during the Shemitah year, that's obviously the most obvious kind of loan needs to be included in that. And on the other hand, you have the opinion of Rishakish and Rabbi Yochanan who say, it doesn't make sense because the minute I have so much power over Evie's land, she can't sell her land. There's all sorts of stuff she can't do with it. Then it's basically as if I've already collected it. It's already mine. So how could the Shemitah be Meshamit alone that I've already collected? If that's how Shemitah works, then you would never have any loans because you would just always lose all your money. Um, right? Like any, like that would be the case. Like, oh, I made a loan in the first year, I collected in the fifth year, and then somehow during the Shemitah year, it went back to the person I loaned it to. Like, that's basically Roman, uh, uh, Yochan, Rishlaki, so they're saying that's basically what this is like. Like, that's crazy. Um, if the loan has already been collected, then Shemitah doesn't remit the loan. Um, okay, so Adira said, is that with a principal? And now I forget what you were asking that about. Do you want to just come off mute and say what your question was? Uh, yeah, it was about um, Rish Lakish, or we, I forgot which one of the two. Uh, oh, the, the, the second opinion. Yeah, Rish Lakish and Yeah, so, so um, they say that it canceled, like, if, if you have um, land, then it's Mishami. Or no, no, it's not Mishami. You don't need a prisbal. Oh, so you don't even need a prisbal if you already have um, land? Yeah, so if there's a lien built into the loan, then, um, then you don't need a prisbal. Because the loan is over, as if meaning it's as if the loan. Wow, is over. and so so um, I forgot which rabbi, the one who made the prisbal. Like this was, you don't even need a prisbal. Like so, why was the prisbal even made? If no oh, prisbal is made for other kinds of loans, for the two other kinds that they specify. So prisbal is made for loans that don't involve property, and prisbal is made for loans that, um, and prisbal is made for loans that were that don't have receipts at all. Um, so I thought you could only make a prisbal if it's uh, associated to land. Good. But that makes perfect sense with this, right? Because we're always trying to figure out, like, how does prisbal work? How is prisbal even possible? So then you could say, oh, actually, the mechanism of prisbal, right? We've had three different mechanisms. We've had two different mechanisms so far of how does prisbal work. One is, like, the Beitian just, to, right? The most effective one we saw so far is, like, the Beitian just make stuff hefker. That was Rava's opinion. Abaye said, it's a shiv ba'altasa. Um, you're just like not doing, <laughs> you're just not remitting a loan uh, or you're just not collecting the loan maybe, right? Um, okay, but this would be a third one, right? So this would be an opinion that says, if you were to follow this opinion, and we're gonna see in a second that we, um, we don't follow this opinion, but if you were to follow this opinion, um, you're going to say, yeah, prisbal is not needed in any loan in which there is land, then by requiring there to be land in a prisbal, you're actually saying, like, the main point of the prisbal is actually the land transfer, because then the minute you've added in land, the prisbal is actually unnecessary, Shemitah doesn't actually work, right, Shemitah doesn't actually apply anymore. So the main mechanism of prisbal is then the the ankhud bin prisbal ella al hakarka, and the minute that there's karka, there's actually no need for a prisbal because there is um, no because shmita isn't it doesn't remit that loan at all because it's as if the loan has already been collected, and that's actually maybe then that's really what the prisbal is. Prisbal is just a a document that solidifies like this um, loan was made over land and therefore Shemitah doesn't work for it anymore. So it's just like an extra thing, but really the once you have land, you don't even need any any really extra. It's just yeah. Yeah. 
So that's like this, that's this like tantalizing opinion that's being like put in front of us here in this opinion of racial allocation where we were going on. That the, that the, and that's why I'm saying that like we have to read it as consecutive to what we learned last week because we're in the middle of this conversation about in Kopin Prozbol Ella Alha Karka. And all of a sudden, the minute there's Karka, maybe Shvita doesn't apply at all. And that gives great insight as to, like, because last week we did a lot of back and forth of like, why would you need land and what's the land actually doing? And da, da, da. And here all of a sudden we have this very tantalizing option of, oh, I know what the land's doing. The land is, means that Prozbol isn't such a crazy invention at all. Prozbol is just giving a document to the effect of this loan doesn't need to, this loan has essentially already been collected because it was a loan made on property. So it's nothing radical. That's the, that's the like tantalizing option here. Mm-hmm. Um, Noah, you are giving a confused or pensive face. Okay. If you care to share your thoughts with us, we would certainly enjoy to hear them. Um, okay. But here's why we're gonna know for sure that this option is gonna be rejected. So on the right, we just put forward this like super tantalizing option that actually the mechanism of prosbol is karka. And that karka, once there's once there's property involved, the property means that it is a type of loan that no longer actually um, is remitted by Shmita at all, even on a tour level, and therefore um Prozbol is just like an extra funsies formality. Um, okay, that was so fun. But now we're gonna now we're gonna see. Okay, there's a big scholarly debate about whether um, Agadita and Halacha are like actually different in the Gemara, or whether they're actually the same. And the Gemara thinks that like Agadita carries halachic weight, and we're about to see a case where the Agadita obviously carries halachic weight. Um, but you can always, like, whenever you come across an Agadita in the Talmud, you can always um, ask yourself that question. I didn't actually bring for you this week, probably a mistake, but I didn't bring for you, like, the Shulchan Aruch, but Shulchan Aruch makes very clear that we do not hold, like, Rio Hanan and Rish Lakish. Um, and here we're about to see why. Oh, no, sorry. I, I misspoke. We have to see the following break before we get to the story. Um, I jumped the gun. I'm so sorry. Okay. Tanya Kavate Rabbi Yochanan Rabbi Ben Lakish. So we have two, we're going to see two Brightot in support of the opinion of Rabbi Yochanan and Rish Lakish. And you have to know that there's Brightot in support of them in order to make sense of the story. So even though I just gave such an enthusiastic introduction, you'll remember it when we get to it. Okay, so we have a Brightot in support of Rabbi Yochanan and Rish Lakish. Um, okay, oh, should I tell you where we are? If you jump back to the sheets, we are on page two, like the second paragraph in the Hebrew. Okay. Okay, Tanya Kavat, now I'm going to say that for the fourth time. Okay, Tanya Kavat, so a, um, a, a receipt of a loan is, um, is, is the Shemitah works on it. But if the receipt of the loan has um, obligated property in it, then it then it is not um, then it is not annulled during the shemitah yet. Tanya idach. We have another bright that's that effect. So if in Evie's loan she didn't just say 
Leia can collect off my property. Rather, she said, Leia can collect off my front yard where the big maple tree is. No, you don't have those in Tucson. Uh, Leia can collect my front yard where the giant, this guy is. <laughs> um, um, where the huge fancy cactus garden is. Oh, it's a million dollars. So it's a lot of cactuses that you are gonna bring me. Um, okay. So that says the Varita Anomishami. So if, if Evie had specified which part of her, her cactus garden is mine, then um, Shmita does not annul the loan. The loan, ela afil katav, kol Anomishami. And more than that, um, if Evie had written, all my property is obligated to you and collateral to you, then similarly, Shmita doesn't, um, doesn't abrogate the loan. So um, whether Evie specified what property or didn't specify what property, this Freyta says, um, as long as there's any property involved, specified or not, um, as a lien, it's, it's as if I've collected it. Rashi comes to say that, I think. Um, and, um, and Shmita doesn't annul the loan. Um, Right, so Rashi Rashi says on that a few katav kol Rashi says the low dami Right in that case, when Evie says like, oh, all my property, my entire giant four million dollar cactus garden, let's say, um, yeah, I know Evie, you're so fancy. Um, um, okay, so right, so then, but she only owes me a quarter of that because the loan is only a million dollars. So it doesn't seem like it's it's not so similar in that case, says Rashi, to, um, to like something I've already collected, right? And especially not in comparison to Evie saying like this, this cactus, this cactus, this cactus. Um, but the break that comes to say, even in that situation where Evie didn't specify, Shemitah still does not annul the loan because there's property, like there's, there's a lien on the property in general. Okay, now we're up to the story <laughs> with Machin. I know, I really built it up. I hope you're all excited. Okay. Krive de Rabbi Asi. So the relatives of Rabbi Asi had a receipt of a loan that they had um, made, and it said on it that there was a harut nechasim. There was leaned property associated with the loan. Azalakame de Rabbi Asi. So they came before their cousin or whatever, their relative, Rabbi Asi. Amarle, they said to him, is the loan, um, does Shmiza abrogate the loan or not? Amarle, um, Rabbi Asi said, there's property associated with it, enomishami. Property associated with it, therefore it does not, um, therefore Shmiza doesn't affect the loan, the loan stands. The relatives left their cousin Rabbi Asi and went before Rabbi Yochanan. That's a very questionable move, you should all notice. <laughs> Wait, you went to your cousin, the rabbi, he gave you an answer? Uh, presumably also it was like the answer you wanted to hear so I really don't understand why they then like go to someone who they don't have as much of a relationship with to ask the same question to but maybe they wanted to like show how fancy they were in the baby trash or something so they go before Rabbi Yochanan or maybe the other guy maybe that the um the 
the person who had taken out the loan was like, no, no, I want a second opinion and had dragged them to review that. Maybe that's the, maybe that's the like MS of the story. Anyways, okay. Uh, right, so Shav came out to the Havid Rabbi Yochanan, and Rabbi Yochanan says, ah, Mishamit. Rabbi Yochanan said, no, Shmita does apply to this kind of loan. Author of Asi, so Rav Asi heard about this, <laughs> and he came before Rav Yochanan too. He follows his cousin, comes before Rav Yochanan. Um, um, uh, he said, hold on, it's abrogated or it's not abrogated? He said, it's uh, Shmita annuls the loan. And then Rav Asi says back to him, Hold on. But you yourself are the one who said that Shmita doesn't annul this exact kind of loan. What is happening, says Rav Yassi. This is great. Just because I think that's like the right thing to do, you think we should actually do it? Which is a totally nuts thing to say. It's Rav Yochanan. The answer to that question is yes. <laughs> um, um, right, so you can look at the Rashi midamim near But right, so it seems right in our eyes, and it, it seems it seems appropriate to us. The loshamanu mirabotini that this isn't what we inherited from our from our teachers. Naasa maasa, we should we should do a thing to take his money away from him with his hands, meaning. Um, if, right, who are we taking money away from? We're taking money away from Evie. So if we say that Shemitah um, annuls the loan, then Evie gets to walk with my million dollars. But if Shemitah doesn't annul the loan, then I get to collect money from Evie. So, right, Evie is like the person who's holding the money right now. That's an important, um, that's an important piece of this. So then Na'asa Ma'asa is we're going to actually like, oh, based on a, a teaching that we didn't hear from our teachers, we're going to go take money away from Evie, says Rabbi, says, um, Rabbi Yochanan. Amar but Rabbi Asi says back to him, but there's brighto in support of your opinion. <laughs> like, how could it be? Like, it's not just like, oh, you made it up. Like, you have earlier materials in support of what you think. Rabbi Yochanan says back to him, I think those bright might be Shammai bright The Amrei, Shtar Ha'omid Because Beit Shammai are the ones who say that a receipt that is standing about to be collected, it's as if it's already been collected. That's a Beit Shammai opinion, says Rabbi Yochanan. So even though it makes a lot of sense to me, I can't rely on the on those brightu because I don't know their provenance and I suspect that they're bechamai brightu. And if they're bechamai brightu, we don't paskin like that. Okay, crazy fascinating stuff happening here. I want us to turn to the Gemara in Sota where we see um, this this um, statement or this like opinion approach of bechamai. So that is on page four. Okay, just nod along if you think you have found it. So Sota 24a is the Mishnah. And then, oh, sorry, I should have mentioned that Sota 24a is the Mishnah. says so on the Hebrew side. And Sota 25a is then the Gemara. Um, 
All right, so here is the Mishnah. So we're talking about Asota. So this is a woman whose husband suspects that she has slept with another man and she's being brought to the Beit HaMikdash to undergo this whole crazy ordeal. But in the meanwhile, her husband died. Does she still have to drink the Asota water and go through the whole ordeal? It's not such a crazy question. I'm sure it like could happen, right? Like people died back then all the time. People today still die all the time. Um, like, yeah, like, and people die even in the middle of marital strife. I hate to break it to you. Arguing with your spouse is not going to prolong their lives. So, <laughs> um, um, Okay, so that's the case in the in the Mishnah. Meitu balehan actually shatu beit shamai omrim not lo ketuba velo shuto beit shamai say those women forget about it. They're not sota anymore. They collect their entire ketuba and they don't have to drink, right? And and that's very that's a very strong opinion that they collect their ketuba even though there was their husbands were in the middle of like trying to put them through this whole crazy ordeal and yet they still. Um, and yet they still collect their ketuba. That's the opinion of Beit Shammai. Beit Hel Omrim, O Shotot, O Lonotol Ketubatan. Beit Hel say no. Either they need to like acquit themselves by drinking, proving their innocence, and then they can collect their entire ketuba, or they can just walk away from their ketuba and, um, and not have to drink. That's the opinion of Beit Hel. So now we're going to see that in the Gemara that you sort of have to... Um, get a feel for like what motivates Beit Shammai, right? Because we, we saw here this opinion stated so explicitly in right, Rabbi Yochanan says, what is Beit Shammai's opinion? Shtar um, like a, a, a document that is about to be collected it's if it's already been collected. And then if you look there, like what's the source for this? So Rashi said, Rashi points you to our case, right? Rashi on, on debate Shammai and in, in Gitan 37a points you to Sota 25a. Um, but it, it is kind of this like really interesting thing where you have this Mishnah where Beit Shammai doesn't say what he was just quoted as saying by Rabbi Yochanan. Um, so here's the, here's the Gemara on that Mishnah. Um, right, so if their husbands died before they drank the soda water, okay, fine, cool to the Mishnah. But my Kamepalge, the Gemara says, what are they arguing about? So then you have the you have the stam of the Gemara putting uh Rabbi Yochanan's read of Beit Shamai forward in Sota. Um, so there's just like something, I'm not enough of a historian to like fully be able to give you a read here of like what is actually happening. You could say that um, this whole conversation was like constructed by the Stam in light of knowing the Stam and Sulta. You could say the Stam and Sulta is actually like pulling on earlier understandings of this opinion of Beit Shammai and Shtaro. Uh, I, don't, I don't know exactly how to read that. I do think it's like a very interesting thing that's happening here. Um, but anyways, right, so just, uh, we didn't translate the, the Gemara and Sota. Um, so, so the Gemara and Sota says, what is at the heart of this argument about whether they can collect their ketuba and drink or not drink? Um, so he says, Beicham, I hold that a, um, a document that's about to be collected, it's as if it's already collected. So Beicham, I say, the minute the husband dies, she has a claim onto her ketuba. And it's as if she already has collected her ketuba. So like, let her just do it and we're done. And Beicham, I'll say, 
Sorrow made like a vote left because we're going down. Beethel says a document that's about to be collected. It's only about to be collected. It hasn't actually already been collected. Like those things are different, um, which makes a lot of sense. So that is the um, that that is the debate between Hillel and Shammai. And if you and so if and Shammai's opinion, Beethel's opinion. Um, really does fit very nicely into the position in our case represented by Rabbi Yochanan and Rish Lakish, right? So this position of star, um, star uh, a document that is um, that stands to be collected is considered as if it's already collected, and therefore Shemitah doesn't annul the loan because it stands to be collected. The land is there. I could go, I could go collect it any minute. Therefore it's as if I already have, and therefore Shemitah doesn't apply. Um, that's, that's very, that's like a good representation of, um, of Rabbi Yochanan Rish Lakish's opinion, which is why it ultimately gets rejected both internally to the Gemara. Right, it is sort of interesting that you have the opinion of Rav and Shmuel brought, um, brought first, and it sort of seems like the Gemara is setting it up for like them to win. Um, it's sort of like, here's like the halacha. Oh, by the way, that like disagrees with this, but then like, let's tell you a whole story about why um, this is not the correct opinion. Um, and in fact, like when we come around to halacha, um, nobody actually, um, like nobody actually paskins like, um, like Rabbi Yochanan Rish Lakish, which would normally be unusual, except that it got rejected within the Gemara here already. Uh, like they rejected it themselves almost, um, which is just like a, a cool thing. Okay, I actually want to finish the Gemara. And then I did bring like a Tosfot on page four. I brought a Tosfot and um, a Gemara from another part of Gittin where, um, where it also brings in like, at what point is a loan considered as if it's like, at what, the, what that Gemara gets to and what the Tosfut is talking about is like, if there's a loan, how, like when, when is the loan as, like when's the tipping point in the loan that makes it as if I already collected it? So that the Gemara is talking about uh, Ketubah again, because um, Ketubahs are like very, very, very strong loans, right? Like in a Ketubah, it says like, um, at least my Ketubah says, like, I can collect from my husband's property, even if there's a lien on it. Um, so even if, let's say, my husband owed money to Evie, um, I could still collect off that property. Like, I would get first dibs on the property. So Ketubah is, like, a very, very, very strong, um, strong receipt. And um, so the quite, but I don't have to collect my ketuba immediately upon, let's say, the demise of my husband. I could wait. Um, so at what point does it become like a loan as opposed to right? So that and and at what point does shmita start to apply? So like if my husband had passed away and I hadn't collected the ketuba from my children yet, let's say, um, at what point would I actually like lose out on it because of shmita? So that's a super interesting conversation that's happening there and gets in, and maybe we'll look at it. But I, I just want to finish the Gemara here first because um, I do kind of want to like get through the whole principal part of the Gemara and we only have one more session after this. So I'm like going to trudge ahead here anyways. Okay, so now we get to our second Mishnah from Shvi. So if we're back in the Gemara, 
All right, let me just tell you where we are. Okay, if we're on page two and we're at the, the, the bottom like paragraph in the Hebrew, it starts, it's not hatam. If you're inside, then we're after the period. Uh, one, two, three, four, five. Five lines up from the skinny lines, okay? Okay, so we saw this in the second Mishnah we looked at in Shvi. If, um, if Evie, this is the case where Evie gave me diamonds as collateral. So no longer, I know Evie's a very fancy person. Um, and, and instead of her uh, cactus garden, now it's, now it's diamonds. Um, so she let me, she, she gave me, I gave her a million dollar loan. She gave me a million dollars in diamonds, or, um, I'd taken my star from my loan for Evie and had given it over to the Beitin. Shemitah does not annul either of those loans. Okay. The Gemara says, Okay. It makes sense. So the case of the person who gave the, their star to the Beitin, that makes a lot of sense because the Beitin can they, they can go seize whatever property they want. Um, Ella Malva Ella Mashko my time, but with the person who the loan that um, has collateral against it, why does Shemitah not annul that loan? Like seems totally reasonable. Shemitah should annul that loan, just like Shemitah annuls all these other kinds of loans. Amarava, Mishum Ditafaslay. So Rava says it doesn't. Um, it doesn't annul the loan because I've essentially already collected the loan. I've already seized the, um, the property because I'm literally holding Evie's diamonds in my hand. So they belong to me. Um, Amrle Abaye, Abaye says, wait, do Evie's diamonds actually belong to you? Um, but we have this other case where it doesn't seem like that works. So he, he brings a case that is discussed at length in Bab Metzia Tzamech Zayin Bet. Um, and that, okay, let's read what he says, and then I'll tell you a little bit more about the piece. Um, so, Amr Le'abaye, El Me'ata, Halvehu, Vidar Bechatziro, Zitafislai, Hachinami, Zolomishami. So, he says, a case where I lent Evie money, and in exchange, Evie said, or as collateral, Evie said, you can come and live on my property. Like, literally, I'm going to, I have a million of your dollars and in exchange, you're going to come and live inside my cactus garden. I have a great cactus garden guest house and you're going to live there. Um, so the question is, um, does Shemitah similarly like not, because uh, I'm living, right? It says, this is a real case. It's not just the, the document says I can collect from Evie's property. So it's as if I did, this is like, I'm literally currently collecting from Evie's property because I'm living inside of Evie's cactus garden, okay? You guys see the difference, right? All the cases we've been talking about before were like, Evie says, you can, if I don't repay you, this part of my cactus garden is yours. But now it's like, Evie has not repaid me yet and I'm living inside of her cactus garden, okay? So very different cases, the cases are different. Um, okay, but in that case, the Gemara in um, Maramba Metzia says, um, it, that actually Shemitah can still annul that loan. The loan by which I'm living inside of Evie's cactus garden 
Shmita can annul that loan, says the Gemara in Bavnesia. And the reason why is that the minute Evie pays up her loan, the Beitin can literally like come and physically remove me from Evie's property. So it's not as if I own Evie's property um, because unlike the diamond, where like if Evie came and said, I want to like, I, give me back my diamonds. I want to repay you. Like I'm, I'm, I'm. Lit- well, let's see. Actually, I'm. I'm not going to jump the gun on that. Let's let's finish the gemara, right? Because it kind of seems similar, right? If Evie came and said, "Okay, here's the money. Give me back my diamonds," I would in fact have to give Evie back her diamonds. So that seems quite similar to like me being bodily re- bodily removed from the cactus garden home that I've been dwelling in. Um, but in fact, says the gemara, it is not. Um, this is Rava responding to a buy. Rava says, Amrle Shani Mashko. No, collateral is different. Zakanile, because I actually am a full owner of the collateral. And how do we know that? We know that from the opinion of Rabbi Yitzchak. The Amr Rabbi Yitzchak, because Rabbi Yitzchak says, Minayin Labal Chov Shakune Mashkun. How do we know um, that the that the lender acquires the mashkun? Um, as it says, and for you, it will be kindness. And we'll, we're going to look inside um, on page three in a second. And if I didn't actually acquire the collateral, then what stuck am I doing? I'm not actually doing any stuck. So from here, you can see from the Torah that the um, that the lender actually does acquire the collateral. Okay, so what does that mean? So now we're in Devarim 2410. Um, so when you make any sort of loan to your um, countryman, you don't go into his house to seize the pledge. So this is a case where Evie said, I have diamonds for you in my home. I gave Evie a million dollars. The Torah says, I cannot barge into Evie's home and scoop up Evie's diamonds. Rather, you have to remain outside. And, and then Evie, who's the person who's loaning, for, uh, who, who, who's borrowing from me, um, will bring the diamonds out to me outside, right? I, I can't go into Evie's home, says the Torah. And if um, Evie is very poor, then I cannot, um, I can't like sleep, I can't go to sleep inside of her pledge. So let's say her pledge is no longer diamond, but let's say maybe her winter coat and maybe she doesn't live in Tucson, but somewhere cold. Um, and um, I can't, I can't spend the night with Evie's winter coat, rather hashiv tashivo and ha'avot but rather at sunset, I have to return the winter coat pledge to the borrower. Rather, you have to return the pledge at sunset so that she can sleep in her clothes and she'll bless you and it will be in your merit. So the Gemara says, how can it be in your merit if the pledge didn't belong to you? Like if the pledge ultimately belonged to Evie this whole time, then, then why do you get, why why are we supposed to think so highly of the lender for giving the pledge back? The answer is that the collateral actually belongs to the lender and therefore, um, and therefore they get 
points for giving it back overnight, A, but B, because the collateral actually belongs to the lender, the Mishnah says that any loan made al hamashkun, any loan made with collateral, Shemitah doesn't, um, doesn't annul the loan. So just to like recap the halakha that we've seen today, um, Shemitah does apply to loans made with liens on property, even though it's very appealing to say not on a few different levels, on like a logical level, on a how does principle work level. But we saw that actually maybe that's like a Beit Shammai opinion and that made us uncomfortable with it. So we moved past that. So Shemitah does apply to loans that have liens on property because that is a loan that has not actually been collected. It even doesn't apply to, let's say, not only is there a lien on Evie's property, but I've moved into Evie's property so long as I can be removed from Evie's property, um, should Evie, like at the minute that Evie repays the loan, um, I do not own that property. Shmiza can apply to that kind of loan. But um, a loan where there's a collateral, a loan where Evie gave me diamonds, that's a loan that Shmiza doesn't touch because the diamonds actually, like in a sense, or in a, in a real sense, belong to me. Um, and therefore, um, Evie has already immediately repaid the loan through Evie's collateral. Okay, that was our, our little recap. Um, I'm hopeful that we're going to have like a Gemara heavy, um, like we'll get to the next Mishnah. It'll be a little bit more Gemara than we've done in the past, but not so much more in the next um, class. And that will, in six classes, have completed the entire um, Gittin treatment of Prisbol, uh, which I think we can, uh, we can feel kind of proud of together. Um, and um, yeah, thank you all for coming to learn with us. Thank you. Have a good night. <laughs> Thank you so much, uh, Ravani Tsarna, and thank you everyone who joined us today here on Zoom and Facebook and Andresha Live. We will be live again tomorrow, Tuesday at 8 p.m. Eastern with the last class in the session on prayer and the prayer book. The Sidor is a guide to um, prayer, prayerful reflection with Rabbi Silver. In addition, you can always uh, find out more information about class offerings as well as the registration links on our website at www.dresha.org classes. Uh, thank you again for this opportunity to learn with you, Ravani Tsarna. And again, thank you to everyone who attended today. We hope to see you soon at one of our upcoming classes here at Risha. Leidraot. <laughs>